Okay, let's discuss Parsha's bow, Tavshin Ayin Aleph, the Parsha of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, and then we have the Parsha of Kriyas Yamsuf and the Parsha of Kabbalah Satorah. A lot of exciting Parsha is coming up. Parsha's bow, start off with a, a, a small thought that I think I've mentioned in a, part, in a Haggadah year in past years. I think one or two of the thoughts we're going to have tonight has been mentioned in different contexts, but not in uh, Parsha's bow in the past. And that is, we know that Moshe Rabbeinu is all over this week's Parsha. Right. Starting from two weeks ago's Parsha, he's in every Parsha, as we mentioned, except Parsha Tetzava. He is, takes a primary role in the entire Parsha. And yet, including, regarding the mitzvah, The mitzvah of Sipur Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, which is the source of it, is in this week's Parsha. The mystery, and probably the, one of the questions that is asked by every Haggadah, is why isn't Moshe Rabbeinu so prominent in the Haggadah? The mitzvah of Sibri Yitzhiyaz Mitzrayim. And yet, he's only mentioned once, Derech Agav, Vayaminu Bashem of Moshe Avdo. That's the only time Moshe Rabbeinu is in the entire Haggadah. One would think, if we're telling the story, that Moshe should play a role. And, ironically, the psukim that we use to rip, retell the story is from Kisavo. It's not even from Shmo. We couldn't find enough in Sefer Shmos to retell the story. We had a quote at Rami Ovid Avi. So some suggest you needed a three-pasic three, three summary. What are you going to talk about in Sefer Shmos? It's four parshias. You can't talk about Darshan Hosepsukim at the, at the Seder. Maybe because it's so short. But maybe also because Moshe Rabbeinu's name is not mentioned. So why is it that Moshe does not have such a role in the Haggadah? So I once heard many years ago from Rabbi Pelkovitz. I think he, uh, he was quoting someone. I don't remember who. But uh, more, than, uh, 20, about more than 20 years ago, he mentioned that Maybe the reason we do it is that, if, let's think for a minute, who was the first person to fulfill the mitzvah of Sipri Yitzhiyaz Mitzrayim? Who was the first one to fulfill the Higadot Labincha? Moshe Rabbeinu. His kids weren't there. They were the only children of that generation. They were in Midian. They were with Sipora. So they weren't there. So when they met up in the desert, Moshe Rabbeinu told them the story. When Moshe told them the story, we could be sure that he did not take too much credit. Moshe Anav Mikal Adam. He didn't give himself, play, give himself center of attention. So the first one in history to fulfill the mitzvah of Sipur was Moshe Rabbeinu. So maybe when we fulfill Sipur, we mirror that first person who fulfilled the mitzvah of Sipur, Moshe Rabbeinu, also not focusing on him. Obviously we know he's there, but he's all over the, our, our, our Parsha. But maybe that is why we don't mention him. That's what Rabbi Pelkovit said many years ago. Okay. Now let's get into the actual parsha. We pick up with Arab Dever Shrin Barad Arbe. Maka number eight. Parsha starts with Maka number eight. We go to Perak Yud Pasik Yud Tes. Pasik Yud Tes. Vayafok Hashem Ruach Yam Chazakmaot. Hashem brought a very strong wind. I'm sorry, that is the end of the Maka. Let's go to the beginning of the Maka. Again, the Maka Pasukut Gimel, Vayet Moshe as Mateo Alaris Mitzray, and Moshe lifts up his staff, Vashem Nihag Ruach Kadim Ba'aretz, and Hashem brings up an eastern wind, Kal Hayom Ahuva Chalawaila, the whole day and night, Haboker Hayav Ruach Akadim Nasaras Arbed. The wind, the eastern wind brought the Arbed, brought the locusts. Vayal Arbed, they went on Eris Mitzrayim, and Vayonab Chogvul Mitzrayim, Kaved Ma'od, like no Arbed there was in the history before, it covered the entire, entire land. Pyro runs out and says, you got to get rid of this. I can't take it. I sinned. Davin, get rid of this. I can't take the Arba. 
So, Vayetzi Vimparo Vayetzer Al Hashem, now Pasuk Yutes, Vayafoch Hashem Ruach Yam Chazak Ma'od, Hashem brings a strong wind, Vayisa Sa'arbe, Vayis Ka'eo Yam Asuf. Monisha Arbe Echad, Bechog Vumitzrayim, not one Arbe was left in the entire land. Rashi already picks up on the difference between this, this maka and frogs. By frogs, it just says they died. It didn't say that Hashem took them. Here they took them. Because frogs dying, that's part of the punishment. Everything stinks. The stench in Egypt must have been terrible. All these dead frogs. Arbe. Arbe is food. They used to have chocolate locusts in Egypt. Right, so that's why. No, no, no. You can't get any Hanah. That's why not one of them was left. Lo Nisha Arbe Echad. Bechog Vumitzrayim. But so in the Ozra Torah, he picks up on one slight difference between when the Arba came and when the Arba left. The Arba came with a Ruach Kadim Ba'aretz, an eastern wind. The Arba left with Ruach Yam Chazak Ma'od, a very strong wind. Why they need a, why does Hashem need a very strong wind to get rid of the Arba, but only a wind to bring the Arba? It's a great pickup of a difference. Kasha, source one. Madua ruach chazak ma'od lasesa sa'arbe, harei kishabah arbe lemitzrayim, ne'emar, when the arbe came, it says, v'ashem nahag ruach kadim, v'ruach hakadim nasa sa'arbe, ruach regila v'yel lemitzrayim, u'madua lasesa sa'arbe ruach chazak ma'od. Says the Otsvah Satorah, last week we spoke about the lesson we learned from the frogs. Now we learn a lesson from the arbe as well. Ella, ha'arbe ha'yilo nachas ruach gadol lihina kema oive Hashem ba'amo. The locusts were so happy to fulfill the word of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. They were they were doing the maka number eight was given to them. Think about it, all the animals. All the animals got arov, and only two animals were zocha to get their own their own uh, maka. Only kinim and arbe, the only ones. So the arbe must feel good about themselves. I'm doing Hakadosh Baruch Hu's will. The alkain. Hashem didn't have to convince them so much. He didn't have to send such a strong wind to go do the maka. So go do it. A regular winds. But when the maka was finished, the Arab didn't want to leave. The Arab was like, I'm doing Kadesh Baruch Hu's will. I'm doing, what I'm, I'm doing an unbelievable mitzvah. I'm not leaving. Kadesh Baruch Hu had to drag him out. He had to get a strong east wind. Hutzrach Ruach Chazak. He was mamain from getting them, and that's why he had to bring a strong, a strong wind. And he even says, he quotes the Sefer Kerem Dal Remez Lazet Veruach Hakadim Nasas Harbe Rashi Tevos Hanaa. What is Hanaa? Lomar the Chad Tchimet Shahaya Hanaa Laarbe Lavo Mitzrayim. They were getting Hanaa. They were getting pleasure because they were doing Hakadosh Baruch Hu's will. So, going there, that's why you didn't have to bring such a strong wind. But when you leave, what's the Musa for us? Okay, the, the locusts. Where do we need the strong wind to get to? And where do we need the strong wind to leave? If the Arbe, who are mitzvah and mitzvahs, and yet when they are in the place, when they are in the spiritual place, so to speak, doing God's will, they don't want to leave. Ha'adam, shetachlis biyasu la'olam, hilasos ratzon baro. A person who the tachlis of his being is to do God's will, kamakashet tzarek lioslo, kashet tzarek latzis bibesa knesses, umibesa medrish. When we're leaving shul, 
Are we being, or do we have to be pulled very strongly like the Arba? I don't want to leave. Oh, I really don't. Okay, fine, I have to. Or do we leave Shul like the Arba came to Mitzrayim? The Yaseh Mivchan La'atzmo. We should do a, we should think about it ourselves. When do we need the strong wind? To get to Shul or to leave Shul? La say so so The Arbe had it right. The Arbe, once they were doing God's will, they were in their Shul. When they were in Mitzrayim, they were doing what exactly what Hashbrahu wanted. They don't want to leave. When we're in shul, it should be hard for us to leave. When we're in, when we're, in, we're having a chavrusa, we shouldn't want. We should try to try to steal the moments, steal the moments before we leave. Just for a moment to talk about the end of tefillah, and the tefillah is crucial. Shulchan Aruch says in Simon Kuflam at base. I'm not even going to get into the halachas of how long one has to have their tefillin on and how the post can scream about taking one's tefillin and talus off and folding it and wrapping it during Kaddish when we're not supposed to be doing anything. We're not even supposed to stop. We can't even say Shmon Esrei when, when, uh, when you hate the Kal saying Heshmei Rabba. We have to stop Shmon Esrei and listen say Heshmei Rabba. But we're allowed to put our tefillin away. But we can't, can't have that Shmon Esrei. We have to stop doing it. We have to stop and listen. So that's, that's, that's a separate when, halachically. But the Shulchan Aruch says, it's also for a person to leave shul before uvalatzion. It does not mean that right after uvalatzion we can pack out. It just means that that's for sure. We have to have a certain number of kadosh kadosh kadoshes under our belt before we before we leave. Really, four kadosh kadosh in in berchas kriyashma, and then we have one in kedusha, three, and one in uh, uvalatzion. Haga va'omrim achar siim atfila aleinu l'shabeach meumad. The Ramah quotes our minhag of saying Aleinu. Possibly, possibly the oldest tefillah that we have. Right? Most of tefillah, possibly. But um, what? Ezel Makoman might be a little bit earlier in uh, Moshe Rabbeinu. Might be from the earlier times. But it might not be. Uh, but Ezel Makoman, possibly. But, um, who Bilam also, maybe. Matov Olecha Yaakov. A few psukim here and there. But, which paragraph? Right, most of davening is David Amelech. Most of davening, but Aleinu Chazal say Yeshua ben Nun wrote. Yeshua ben Nun wrote when they crossed, and then Achan, right, who took from the spoils, wrote Al Kainakave abbreviations. They say Achan wrote Al Kainakave before he was killed, and Aleinu was written by Yeshua ben Nun. We say that before we leave Shul. Says the Mishnah Brura, quoting the earlier Achronim. We have to see Aleinu with trepidation and with Yira. The entire angel kingdom is listening to the Jews say Aleinu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu Omed Shom in Pamlaya Shomala. HaKadosh Baruch Hu Kaviyachol is standing there with his palace. V'kulam onim v'omrim. When they hear the Jews say Aleinu properly, Ashrei ha'am shakachalo, Ashrei ha'am shahashem alokav. That's what Aleinu does. How close are we to the door when we say Aleinu? Is it hard for us to leave? Are we like the Arbeh? Or are we not like the Arbeh? So we have to ask ourselves, where are we right? At least till the end of davening. Okay, maybe not till after the end of davening. But till the end of davening. But Aleinu l'shabeach. 
Right, that's, that's, that's the, uh, that's what we say. Rav Solveitchik once wrote that Olenu, in his words, is the matir for leaving shul. Right, that's why you say Olenu after Shachras on a weekday, but we only see Olenu after Musaf on Shabbos. Why don't you say Olenu after Shachras? Olenu is always going after Shabbos. No, because Musaf is part of the Tfilah. And that's why there's no Olenu all Yom Kippur. Because you're in shul all day. Okay, we have a break. But that's, that's really because we can't handle it. But, uh, but really, make a dim word shul. There's no Aleinu. Where's Aleinu? Because Aleinu is a mat. Before you go out, Aleinu Shabbat Ladonakal. That's our mat. If we don't see Aleinu properly, we can't leave. That's our mat here. To leave. Right? The whole Akadish Baruch when his palace is listening. We have to learn from the Arbe. Learn from the Arbe. Just give you one more source related to Bach. In that, in that Simi Kuflama Gimel, in source number four. Hatamu, what's Aleinu about? Right before we leave, we give ourselves a lesson in Yisodos Ha'amuna. Right before we leave, we need we need to be mechazik ourselves. Yichun Malchus Shemayim. V'shei Yichazik Bilvaveinu Emunazu. And if we don't dominate at home, the last thing we do, the sitter, we close the sitter before we even say Aleinu. This is Aleinu. Please remove all the abominations of the world. That's what we daven for so so badly we need it. All the nations of the world around us, all the tsaris in the world, we daven, should be removed. We're involved in the world around us. We say Elena before we leave. So that's, that's what we learn from the Arba. The Arba tells us how to go to Shul, we shouldn't have to be pulled in. We just need a regular Ruach to get to Shul. Regular Ruach to do mitzvahs. To leave Ruach Kadim Azah. Chazak. Gotta be Chazak. Okay, it doesn't mean that on Friday night when our family's waiting for us at home, we're running to do a mitzvah there too. So, you know, it's, uh, it's fine. It's like, on Friday night when we're running to do a mitzvah, then we hang out in Shul's and Shul. On a weekday when we were not running to do a mitzvah, then we leave Shul quickly. Just the answer. It's just the opposite. Right? They think of us. Yisrael Kedoshim Heim. We have to try to, uh, to try to uh, try to switch it around a little. Okay. Continuing. Perikid Aleph, Pasig Base. Perikid Aleph, Pasig Base. V'yamar Hashem al-Moshe, Pasig Aleph. Od nega echad of v'yalparo. I have one more nega. Right? We already passed Choshech. We've spoken about that in the past. Not right now. One more nega. One more maka. V'yal Mitzrayim, achrechin, yishalach ha-schemizeh. After that, after that, they're free. Kishalcho, kalag, garishi, garishi, ha-schemizeh. They will drive you out. Please speak to the people, Moshe. I have a request, Hashem says. Speak to the people. And ask each one to borrow from their friend. And a woman from her friend. Go borrow things from the Egyptians. Question that we're not going to deal with is borrowing. Taking a permanent basis is borrowing. So why did the Kodesh use that lashon? They weren't borrowing; they were taking it. And if they really owed it because they worked, why did the Kodesh use the lashon of Yishalu? Okay, difficulty not for now. But let's talk about the second word in the pasuk: Daber no, Bozneon. Please, 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 please ask them. Rashi: Daber no, a no el lashon bakasha. Rena means a lashon of bakasha. Bivakasha mimcha hazhirei malkach. Please warn them. Don't forget to take the stuff out of Mitzrayim. Don't forget the bundles. We always leave things when we're, we're, we're traveling. Right, we go to somebody's house, we always leave something there. Hashem said, don't forget. Don't forget your bundles. Shalom Yomar, why? 
Shalo Yomar Oso Tzadik Avraham. So Avraham Avinu doesn't complain to me. Va'avadim ve'inu osam kiyebohem. Ah, the 210 years of subjugation. That, that part of the Brisbane Abbasarim, you could be Makayim. V'yachrakein Yitzhubar Choshgadol Okiyem Behem. HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You know, what about the other half of your promise? I don't want Avraham Avinu to be upset at me, Hashem says. So you know what? Please, please make sure you take the Rechush. Two kashas. Number one is the obvious kasha that many ask, and that is what? HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't have to keep his word? Uh, only because Hashem's going to, Avraham's going to get upset. Okay, fine. Take the Rechush. What, if you don't think there, if Avram wasn't there, you know, don't worry about my promise. It's okay. I'll, 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 I'll renege on my promise. What's that kind of struggle talking about? What's that talking about? He only has to keep his promise because of Avram. Number two, what's the language of no? Please. As if the Jews wouldn't want to take it. What'd they do for the past couple of days? They looked all throughout the Egyptians' houses. The Egyptians were staring at them. They couldn't move. Right? They were frozen in darkness. And Bresol knew where everything was. So why wouldn't? What, in a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks, at the Kriyas Yamsuf, right, what does Chazal tell us at the beginning of the B'Shalach, at the, at the uh, lapping up on the edges of the Yamsuf, was all the gold and the silver that were on the chariots, and where were the Jews? They were right there. They were gathering it all. Give me, give me. Chazal say Moshe Rabbeinu was Osek and Atzmas Yosef, and they were all gathered, they were Osek and the Bezos Mitzrayim. So over there, it wasn't a problem. So what about over here? Why well, Kodesh Baruch had to convince them, please, stop or not. That's the kasha of Rav Sarutskin. Two Rav Sarutskins tonight. On the money. Did they hate silver and gold? Hashem had to say, please, do me a favor. Do me a favor, please. What is that talking about, the Rashi? Says Rav Saratskin, we did not understand this Chazal and this Pasik until the 20th century. We couldn't understand it for thousands of years until after World War II. Now we understand the Pasuk. What does he mean? Dovers and Nishalachachabim below Pirshuat Shapirshu Vazmanazeh. What happened in the 20th century? There's something called German reparations. There's something called German compensation. A major controversy over the past decades. Do the Jewish people, should the Jewish people take money? From the Germans after what they did. They killed us, they massacred us, they destroyed us, and they took our money, by the way. And most Jews, we can't even we can't even fathom stepping stepping on the on the, on the blood drenched ground unless it's with sorek something important. Jews, do you want it? There were two, two not a clear issue. Two two views. What do we do? Allah the Pasik Ratsachta Vagam Yarashta. 
Right? He, has, he, has, he has Tanakh on his fingertips. Right? He says, they should murder us and they should steal from us. Give us the money at least. Or they should, they should make a profit off of us. At least give us money. Fix us and turn him. And others say, oh, I'm not touching anything of theirs. What? They should feel like they're, oh, I'm putter. That we should give them a kofar? We should give them a way to redeem themselves? No. Never. We are not talking to them. There's a value that you could put on the life of a Jew. So it's not a clear issue. Says Rav that's what the Jews felt when they left Mitzrayim. They were two days. 210 years we were subjugated. Do we want to take anything from them or not? It's not a clear issue. These, these were Shoim who threw our babies into the river, who, who massacred us, who made us work, who, look at the, what do we do on, on, on these Shabbats and we take the, the picture Haggadah's out, keeping away from the table, but to try to get a feeling for Va'era and Bo, what they did to us. So some say, no way. And others say, no, what do you mean? Ratzachta Vigam Yerashta? So HaKadosh Baruch Hu couldn't be mitzvah because it's not a clear issue. It's kach no, law. No, please. Do me a favor. Umizen nikach lohoven es rikshas avoseinu. Yotzei mitzrayim. Shebevadai hoyubineim harbeyavis. There were many. Shehamitzrayim. Shekalu osam mibineim. They shechted the babies. The She This is money for the babies. Kofer No way. They used them instead of bricks. Others said, "Hey, at least we should get something." No, it's not because of a, a pidyon. Hashem saw into the hearts of the Jews that it would be hard for many of them. Their hearts were warm and hot for their babies. So he couldn't force them. He had to say, you know what, it would be it would be not appreciated because you know what? I got Avram Avinu breathing down my back. So do it for him. Do it for him. You're right. Other than Avram Avinu, I won't. This is what I, I, I prophesized. But it's really up to you. I can't be mitzvah you. But you know what? For Avram Avinu. Do it for the Zayda. Do it for the Zayda. He wants you to have it. Take it for him. Take it for the Zeta. Seeing the entire world with glasses of Torah. That's Rav Sarotsky. We didn't understand this Pasuk until the 20th century. Okay, we move on. Parak Yudbez is the Parak of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. First we have the first Mishnah, Mitzvah, that B'nai Yisrael commanded, Achorosh Zelachem, which Rashi, we know, says at the beginning of the Torah, the Torah could have started off with this mitzvah. After all, the Torah is about mitzvah. It's not just about the history books. We have all the halachas of Karim Pesach, which take up many, many mitzvahs. Those who listen to the Sefer HaMitzvah Shir know we spent a lot of time on all the details of 
Karban Pesach, I'd like to remind our, ourselves and review one of the mitzvahs. One of the mitzvahs with the messages of that mitzvah related to this week's parsha. That is, if you look in, um, even before that, first one general point about Karban Pesach, then we'll focus on one of the mitzvahs. There's a fascinating machlokas. There's, I'm not going to talk about the lumdis behind the machlokas. Just to mention the machlokas and feel free to do the research. And the language here is, is what's so sharp. Machlokas between the Ramam and the Raivet. The Machlokas is about, we know there's a halacha that one has to, sh- has to roast their carbon Pesach whole. It's got to be roasted whole. Barbecued. got to be roasted whole. Why? The Chizkuni we mentioned last year says, so the Mitzrayim Dafka see it, and they see their God being roasted. If it was cut up, they wouldn't see it. It just looks like a steak. Right? It's got to be whole. Okay. Says the Rambam. Source number seven. Hilchus Karim Pesach. When you even when you eat it, you have to eat it without breaking any bones. A separate avera. When you're eating and you get up to the gidanasha, just take it out. Take out that gidanasha. Don't eat it. Obviously, don't eat it. This is daraisa. But when you get up to the gidanasha, you don't eat it. She'ain menakin oso kishar basar. Unlike every other time you eat meat, we take out the gidanashet before you cook the meat. You don't, you don't prepare it with the gidanashet. Ve'in mechatchen oso. El'etzolon oso shalem. Carbon Pesach is an exception to the rule. Carbon Pesach, the Rambam holds, must be roasted whole, including the gidanashet. Including the gidanashet. So there's a lumdis, is there taste to the gid? We're not going to get to the lumdis now. We're just focusing, we're just mentioning the machlokas. The Ramam says the Karim Pesach is roasted whole, including the Giranasha. Even though taste might go into the rest of the animal. Says the Ravid, classic, Amar Avram, Roshi. It's a lashon of a swearing. Like, oh my gosh. Right? By the life of my head, Bechaye Roshi. Ain iser gadol There is no greater avera that I can think of than roasting the get hanasha with the karam pesach. She yitzva ha pesach ima get hanasha v'im shmeno v'im tarba detuse right masiv im kromo shavarosh with all these isurim you're roasting it. What are you talking about, Rambam? V'im so the rabbi a lot of times does that. He screams at the Rambam, but then he has classic v'im ezke v'ochal pesach. If I will be Zolcha, says the Ravid 800 years ago, and I'll be Zolcha to eat the Karim Pesach, the Avi Lufanai Kazeh, and the Rambam will invite me to his Seder, Haiti Chovto Bakarka Lufanav. I would take it and throw it on the floor. That's what I would do with the Rambam's Karim Pesach. That's what I think of it. That's, a, that's a, somebody who's emotional about his feelings, about his halacha. He doesn't just say, okay, I, I don't agree with you. No, Rambam. The Chaye Roshi, I know what you're talking about, and I take your Karim Pesach and throw it on the floor. That's a Rambam right. Adkan. Okay. okay, just to mention it, feel free to look into Lundis, all the acronym, get into the act. And uh, I don't know if anybody talks about specifically why he's so emotional about this one. Right, there are many machlokos between the Rambam and the Ravid, but this is, um, this is Melcham Teshotor. Okay, let's focus now on one of the details of Karim Pesach. Pesach tells us in Perek Yudbeis, obviously, Pasuk Memvah, towards the end. We get all the details of the carbon Pesach. At the end, V'yom HaShem HaMosheva Aron, towards the end of the Parsha, Zosfu Kaza Pesach, 
Nobody, if somebody's not Jewish, they cannot take partake of it. Interesting halacha that a mumar, right? Somebody who does not believe is not allowed to take part. Separatist is Arisa. A mumar is not allowed to take part. This could be the only. What other mitzvah do we not allow a mumar to do? Usually, we try to be machzur them b'tshuva, right? If a mumar getting giving a mumar an aliyah, generally the men goal is to be mekel. Somebody, but uh, okay, certain things we, if it's out covered, we wouldn't. But generally, mitzvahs. But here, no, can't. And then the Torah says, you have to eat the carbon based on one house. You can't go somewhere for dessert. In the house, got to stay in the house. Okay, don't break any bones. Says the Sefer Achinuch, Mitzvah Tezvav, Shlomo Hosi Mipsar Pesach Chutzah. It's not allowed to take the Karmen Pesach outside. Shlomo Hosi Mipsar Pesach Mimachum Achabura, Shinamar Lo Sosim and Abayis and Abasar Chutzah. Inside the house, eating your Karmen Pesach. Why? So there are, there are a tam, a reason behind the Isser of not taking the Karmen Pesach outside. So let's mention three ideas. Three ideas behind the Isser of Losotzi min habayis min habasar chutza. We'll have the Sefer Achinuch, we'll have Rav Aaron Soloveitchik, and we'll have Rav Sarutskin again. Says the Sefer Achinuch, Misharshi mitzvazu, mashakasu l'zecher nisi mitzrayim, what I've written by other miracles, by other, other zechers to the miracles of Egypt. O mipnei shenaasenu b'nei choren v'adonim, we became free, ba'a ha-mitzvah alav, sheyehinecha b'mkom ha-chabura, because we became free, we have to eat it inside. Why? Kederech malche eretz, like royalty. Kings don't eat on the run. Kings eat at home, benachat. They're served. They're sitting. They're relaxed. The time is their own. They're not. They're not eating. Oh, I gotta rush. I gotta make. No, no. People wait for the king. Right? If I if I have a place to go, they'll wait for me. They eat in their palace. They eat with all of their guards and all of their all of their party. Right, if the, the lowly of the of the aretz, if we have so much food, we're not used to it. We'll send it out. We'll eat it. We don't know what to do with it. Kings eat at home. Kings don't leave in the middle of the meal. Number one, kings are relaxed. We are like kings. We are like royalty on the night of Pesach. Number one. Second idea. Rav Aaron Salvechik and his Sefer, Logic of the Heart, Logic of the Mind. Says the Rav source nine. Most liberation movements in the annals of history have been followed by a period of chaos and bloodshed. Most of the time, when there's a change of leadership in a country, there's anarchy, there's craziness. For example, in the period following the French Revolution, Revaron was a bucky in everything, even loyal supporters of the revolution were often caught in the mass killings by Robespierre. The same situation existed in Russia following the Bolshevik Revolution of 1917. The destruction associated with the liberation movement stems from several sources and generally manifests itself in four ways. We're not going to go through all of them. But Ravaran says, why is it? Why is it when a government is overthrown anywhere, there's a revolution, rebellion, that anarchy reigns? Why? Why anarchy? The people who overthrew, the people who were victorious, should now rule. So why is there anarchy? 
Why is there totally the first and most common destructive element to follow the fall of an old regime is a reigning sense of confusion over the shift of power. There's the unknown, there's the confusion. What's going to be? This phenomenon most recently appeared in segments of the USSR as communism crumbled, leading to rioting and ethnic violence in all these little countries until they got their act together of the former why you, uh, former uh, USSR. You know, so nobody knows what's going to be. Who's going to be in charge? Secondly, upon liberation, victims of harsh slavery or persecution tend to throw off all shackles of moral law. Right? They, I'm free, so I no no rules. Right? Nobody's ruling me, so I can do whatever I want. No ethics. Thirdly, an oppressed people seeks revenge and meets out cruelty to all those in its way, whether oppressors or harmless bystanders. They have all this pent-up emotion and pent-up, I've been persecuted for so long, i got to do the opposite. i got to persecute in order to vent. Finally, perhaps the most important destructive failure isn't the actual physical backlash, but the loss of values in the struggle leading to cultures consumed in years of turmoil and searching <coughs> for renewed identity. So different reasons, Rabaran says, that when there's a change, when there's a revolution, when the previous government is no longer ruling, there's craziness, there's anarchy, there's confusion. There's a change of rulership here. The Egyptian government is being overflown, overthrown. Because the Jewish concept of freedom is quite different from the secular view of liberty, the destructive elements associated with liberation movements throughout history find no expression in the exodus from Egypt. When we left Mitzrayim, there was perfect order. We didn't leave before we were told to leave. We left as a nation. We left with our families. We left free, but not free. The common understanding of freedom translates into the Hebrew term, cheres haguf, freedom of the body. The Torah, however, teaches and demands a higher level of liberty, namely, cheres hanefesh, Freedom of the soul. One who has a ten cheres aguf, although no longer subject to the will of the others, is still enslaved by his passions, whims, and desires. We have cheres hanefesh, but is that cheres aguf? Does that mean I can do what I want? There are no ethics. On a physical level, one is only as free as one's addictions allow. Is such a person truly liberated? The Torah, on the other hand, in cultivating cheres hanefesh commands discipline and self-control on a physical and intellectual level, which paradoxically nourishes freedom of the soul. The more we subjugate ourselves to HaKadosh Baruch the more we appreciate life. Life is more meaningful, the more we feel free. It's only those of us who don't, if we don't have the proper appreciation of a certain halacha, we feel chained. We feel like, oh, Judaism doesn't let me. No, no, no. Judaism guides me and shows me what a meaningful life is. Now, says Avarin, let's get to our halacha. On the 10th day of the month of Nisan, several days prior to the Exodus, the Jews in Egypt were commanded to set aside the carbon Pesach, which was to be sanctified and eaten. In addition, they were told to form groups of one or more families to eat the carbon Pesach. These halachas clearly indicate Judaism's desire to prevent rampant disorder. Know exactly where you're going to be tonight. You can't leave. You've got to stay where you are, stay in your group, don't run around, there's no hanging out on corners, everybody is in their house, with their families, eating exactly what I tell you to eat. Tomorrow morning, I'll let you know where to go. 
These halachas clearly indicate Judaism is to prevent rampant disorder and to quell the total chaos that has marked other liberations throughout the curls of world history. God also demands that Pesach be eaten with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, prevent a state of moral decay. The people were imbued with a sense of expectation and determination to reach Mount Sinai and to receive the Torah. Before you went out, realize this isn't the end. I'm not finished with you, Kaddish Prophet says. You're just starting. You're starting. Moshe also instructed the Israelites not to leave their houses. Here's our mitzvah. On the night of the Exodus, stymieing the urge or opportunity for the Jews to seek revenge. Order and decorum are thus guaranteed. Many of the halachas of Karim Pesach are all about this idea, showing that our freedom is not like other freedoms. It's not like another overthrowing of a regime. Our shibud starts, ironically, as our cheris time starts as well. Rabbi Bernard Weinberger as well, in Shemin Atov, in source number 11, said the same idea in a totally different context. Right? In, in, uh, this is in, the end of Ayikra. In, uh, Chelek Beis, he says on the Pasuk, Ka'ezrach mikem, Gerim should be just like you. Treat Gerim like you because you were Gerim. Many times, says the Shem and we're warned, treat Gerim nicely because you were Gerim. Treat Gerim many times. Come upon him, Torah, Namar, Bias Haras, Yeseros, Bahanagaso, Negaragir, Shotono Oso. Don't take advantage. Avokan b'miuchad b'mitzvah nosef shal avas hager. Separate mitzvah. Loving a ger. Besides loving your fellow Jew, loving the ger is another mitzvah. Kamosh and Amar mitzvah. Kolos al kol Yisrael v'yatzorecha kamocha. Namar kan v'atalo kamocha. What's the emphasis? Skip a couple of lines. V'ulai yish l'farish l'hefach menar ragil. Exactly our point we're going to see. Just the opposite than, from how it's usually understood. Why do you have to focus so much on the ger? Because you were gerim. What? So does that mean we could identify with them? That's the pashtus. You were gerim. Remember the feeling. You were strangers. So feel for them. He says no. You know what sometimes people feel, said the Shem Atov. Hey, I went through that tough time and I got through it. You, know, you got to get through it. Tough luck. Deal with it. I'm not going to help you. I'm not going to feel for you. You know, we, this, is, this is part of the, uh, part of the process. Right? It's like uh, when upperclassmen say to lowerclassmen how they treat them sometimes. You got you to deal. I'm not going to help you at all. We all went through it. So that's how one might feel. What makes you gay? You were gay, Rim, and therefore you might just the opposite not want to help them out. You didn't get depressed. Even though we think that people who were mishubad, people who were enslaved and oppressed, they should have the most compassion. You find sometimes in history, said the Shaman Atov, they are the least compassionate. How many oppressed become dictators? If a person is a, is a is a victim in any area of life of some type of abuse, 
the connection between how many of them become the abusers. Rahman al-Islam. But that's this, this, this reaction that this is what I went through, this is what I'm going to put you through. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, no, you will gayrim. Don't, don't, don't be careful. Don't have that feeling of, now I'm free, I can do whatever I want. No, no, no. Our cheirus is not like that. Our cheirus is carbon Pesach cheirus. Our cheirus is very specific what HaKadosh Baruch Hu asks of us. That's what this Pasuk means. Geir me'isem, don't act like the natural reaction of others of throwing off the shackles. No, dafka, you should know what HaKadosh Baruch Hu expects of you. Okay, that was number two. So number one, we can't go out of the pace, Korban Pesach, because we're like kings, kings at home, relaxed, wonderful. Number two is part of the larger framework of keeping the decorum as we become B'nai Chorin so that we don't get out of hand. Finally, number three. Third idea, source number 12, the second of Saratskin of the night. That's his other sefer on Machshava. Bi'arnu. The Bnei Yisrael hayu bein haumos achronim liyesod b'amlacha mipnei hanetios l'rivu madon shay b'bnei Avram Yisrael b'afil Yaakov shemachrus achem la'eved. Took a while for Bnei Yisrael to become a nation. There was a lot of pirud, right? Many in history, right? Until we became, even finally, when we had twelve shvatim, right? Before that, there was nothing. Before that, every sibling relationship in the Bible in Tanakh was not a good relationship. Kain and Hevel and Yishmael and Yitzchak and Yaakov and Esav. I mean, every relationship, every shame, Chaim and Yafes. Nobody, nobody was were perfectly got along. And finally, the Shvat and the Shiftei Kah, and look what happened. Shemachar Zachem LaEved Al Shacholam Chalom. He had a dream. Sheyim Lo Chaleim. The goal of Mitzrayim. Kedeshat Saras Vasevul Yitzarfus. That was why we were in Mitzrayim to to purify us and heal us. Mimachlas Hanefesh. It was so ingrained in us. We had to go through Mitzrayim to be in the Tsaris together, and in that we realized we're all in it together. What are you fighting for? We reached that level there. The first national carbon that we have to bring is carbon Pesach. The first carbon the Rambam talks about in Sefer Karbanis is carbon Pesach. That's the defining carbon. That's the carbon that binds the entire Jewish people. That's the only carbon that every Jew has to take a bite of. Kezayis. Every other carbon seeber, the carbon tumid is a carbon seeber also. It's brought twice a day. Just a conin. Right? They bring it. Nobody eats it. It's an ola. But there's no other carbon that everybody has to take carbon Pesach. The entire Jewish people. What does it show? We're all in it together. We're all doing the same carbon. The biz, the biz, excuse me, the busiest day of the year in the Beis Migdash, arguably, was Erev Pesach. Erev Pesach. Every Jew has to bring up. How many carbonists there are? Unbelievable. That's what carbon Pesach is about. All the Jews there, all the Kohanim, you can't have, even if you have somebody who can eat an entire lamb, can't do it. You don't try the Quran Pesach for one person. It's got to be more than one. Hashem says, you have to eat it in groups. And you know what? 
You're not allowed to leave the group. To be margal them, to accustom them to a life of love. At least once a year, the family should sit together. And you know what? Not only sit together, you're not allowed to leave. You're not allowed to leave. You get breakers of somebody at the table, make up. You're not leaving. That's carbon Pesach. Regarding us, it's also a great thing that even once a year. Person gets embarrassed. Say she bothered me. They may be upset. Right? What do the parents say? Tough. Right? Make up, you're here for the rest of the night together. Right? That's it, you can't leave. Oh Can't send anybody to their room at the Seder. I'm eating dessert at home. No, you're all here. This 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 Isser is to teach Achtos. This Isser is to, to stay in the group. That's the whole message of the Karban Pesach. So three ideas about not taking and think taking the Karban Pesach out of the house is so exciting. But teaches us to be malachim, teaches us what freedom means, and it teaches us achdus. Okay, two more ideas. One is, we try to remember this for the Haggadah this year, I didn't see this before, but it's a, a Haggadah vart, but it's also this week's parsha. We all know the halacha, the whole night of the Seder, but it's quoted in the Mishnah Psachim, source 13, the beginning of the source, Mishnah Psachim, the Cholda, Vadar, Chayvad, and Lurus, Azatzmo, Kiilu, Hu, but every generation, we have to feel at the Seder night that we that we left Mitzrayim. Ask Rav Schwab the question of all: How is that possible? How is it possible that we should feel that we left Mitzrayim? Says the Briskarov, this is the hardest mitzvah of the year. Do you think of a harder one? Most mitzvahs, you have to do something, so we do it. Okay, Avas Hashem. Okay, Avas Hashem. You could think about the greatness that Hashem, different levels of Avas Hashem. At least some Avas Hashem. Yiras Hashem. It's possible. Yichud Hashem. Realize that God is one. We can't understand Him. What's harder than feeling that we left Egypt? It's pretty hard. How is that possible? And we even say it. It's a lie. Right? What does it say in It wasn't us. Line 11. It's not true. If you think of it on a deeper level, he gives a mushal. I went out of Mitzrayim. He gives a mashal. Listen to this mashal. Think about a, per, a person's body. Our body is made up of a lot of smaller parts that constantly change and mature. You see a person after you haven't seen them in 20 years, they're totally different. They have a different face, different hands, different legs, different everything. We have a different, our fingers are different than we were when we were babies. Our face is different than we were when we were babies. And yet, a 90-year-old great-grandfather could look at his hand and think what his hands have been through. And think that, you know what these hands are? These hands went through the war. These hands physically did this. 
But it's a different hand. It's the same hand. I broke this finger. I broke this finger when I was 10. It's the same finger. It's the same finger, but it's a different finger. Right? We say, oh, it's totally changed. It's the same finger. That's the Mida of a living Bria. Sha'af she'yesh b'kaseder shinoi b'chalif in this constant maturing. Mikal makom kol chalkam v'syachasim elaki lonishtanu. This constant maturing, but it's still the same. It's the same even though it's different. Says Rav Shwab beautifully, Knesset Yisrael, throughout the generations is one living being. One connected unit. Not only in every Generation, all the generations combined, the whole shalshelas. We've changed. We look at ourselves. We're changing. You know what? We're the same Am Yisrael. We're the same Am Yisrael that went through all the wars. We're the same Am Yisrael that were saved. We're the same Am Yisrael that left Mitzrayim. You know what that means? We just have to connect. We have to connect to the Am, the hand, the old. Elderly, fragile hands, right? With the with the with the with the cracks. We look at our we look at us as you get older. You look at your hand like that looks like my father's hand. You still look to me when I was a child like, oh my god, that's my hand. But it's the same hand. It's the same hand. That's a kodesh bar. That's Kal Yisrael. And that's the pshat that is achdos. He quotes the Rashi and Parshas Vayigash that Esav is called Nefashos, even though there are only six of them. They're separated. We're called Nafshas, right? It's singular because we're all together. And he says even beautifully relating to this, what do we say about the Rasha? What does that mean? Now it takes on so much more significance. Because only if I connect to the cloud does this night make sense for me. How do I feel that way? If I'm part of the cloud, then I'm that same living entity, that living institution in every generation. And in that way I can look at it as I'm still a living Bria. And if not, I'm Kofar. And the whole night doesn't make sense to me. Kofar big. Okay, one final point. One final thought, which also I think we might have mentioned in the Sefer HaMitzvah Shir. Again, it's good to these are important points to Chazer. Parshas Bo, a lot of mitzvahs, a lot to talk about. Meshachachma. Parak Yud Gimel, Pasuk Yud Gimel. 13.13. One of the last mitzvahs in the Parsha is Petr Chamar. Petr Chamar, as we know, that every kosher behema that has a firstborn, that has to be given to the Kohen. That's a Bechor, automatic Kedusha. Every firstborn non-kosher animal has no Kedusha. If I have a horse, if I own a horse and the horse has a baby, firstborn, I don't have to do anything with it. All non-kosher animals, except for one, except for donkeys, chamor. If I have a chamor, doesn't come up so much because not too many Jews own donkeys. But if a Jew owns a donkey and that donkey has a firstborn, that donkey has a status. It doesn't have Kedusha. It has a special status. What do I have to do with that donkey? I have to switch the status of the donkey onto a sheep 
and the sheep goes to the Kohen, and I get to keep my donkey. That's the mitzvah of Petach Hamar. If I don't do it, I have to kill the donkey. Okay, Petach Hamar. So what exactly is the reason why we why we do this mitzvah? If we could think of a reason, if it's either Zeres Akasav. So what many most Mepharshim say is that Petach Hamar is also Zechel Yitzhak Mitzrayim because Bnei Yisrael left Egypt with many, many donkey loads of gold and silver, as we discussed earlier. So we remember another mitzvah, Zechel Yitzhak Mitzrayim. Says the Meshachachma, I like the Yerushalmi better. Not better, just I like the Yerushalmi shot. What did the Yerushalmi say? Bigamara, Shalom, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Elezer. Manishtanu, Pitcher Chamorim, why Dafka the Chamorim? Ubi Yerushalmi, Shkalim. Says the Yerushalmi. Atem, Mechartem, Bechorasha Yisrachel, Beestrim, Kasef. Ab Atem, Tnubad, Bechorachem, Chamisha, Shkalim. Esrim, Geira. You sold the Bechor of Rachel, so now you got to. You got to give your bechar. But Yerushalmi connects the Petr Chamor and he puts it together with Pidyon Haben and he said it all somehow connects to Mechiras Yosef. Mechiras Yosef. What does Chamor and donkeys have to do with Mechiras Yosef? Says the Meshachach, but who pellet? It's a pellet. Im nenshu avur zeh madua shevet Yosef tzarech litin chamesh kalam mulamilu shedosh alevi shu ayamocher regular Pidyon Haben. Pidyon Aben? Who gives Pidyon Aben? Yosef has to pay Levi. Yosef was the one that sold him in the first place. What do you mean? That the Mechir is Yosef? This is some type of Pidyon? What exactly is going on here? With Petr Chamor and with Pidyon Aben. He connects the two. Omnam nirea masha darsha b'yisro parsha chavtes. Line 15. Anochi higadzti v'hoshati v'hishmati. Anochi higadzti l'mitzrayim shebarachtem k'deshi yishmu v'yirdifu. What does it mean? There's a medrash for Hakavana, line 18. Ki ain't shini ratzon eitzel Hashem yizbarach raka kol besiva vasibos vaaldilas vashkacha nifla. Hashem never changes, as we know. It's one of our animamis. Hashem never changes. Even if we go through a tough time and then it, we have a salvation, He didn't change. Kasher tavot sarol adam v'yinatzal mimena v'yeshuas Hashem yizbarach. When Hashem gives us a Yeshua, ain't a shinoi chalila beretzono yizbarach. There's no shinui. We believe that Hashem has the divine plan and He knows that we have to go through this sorrow and then hopefully get a Yeshua from it. That's best for us. That's what our package in life is supposed to be. He knows that. Uvit property is Mitzrayim, and surely this applies on a national level. It wasn't that just God, God took us out of Egypt. He put us into Egypt. Right? He put us into Egypt. Right? So it's like the, um, the you know, we have such a, oh, I'm oh, saved by, by the Nick. Who put you in that position in the first place? God Baruch Hu put you in, and God Baruch Hu saved you. What did the Brisbane Abbasarim say? He didn't just say, I will save you. I'm going to put you in there in the first place. I'm going to put you in. They had to be in the furnace. With we had to be cleansed. We had to be purified in Mitzrayim. When Bnei Yisrael left Egypt, Hashem didn't want them just to realize and recognize that Hashem took them out of Egypt. He wanted them to recognize that Hashem put them into Egypt. 
And he wanted them to realize that Kodesh Baruch Hu is in charge of the ups and the downs. Even Yosef has to do this mitzvah. Because Yosef himself recognized. I'm here, Kodesh Baruch Hu is in charge. And why the Chamar? Not just they went out of Egypt with Chamor. What does it say in Miketz? When they went down from Eretz Kanaan, they went down with laden donkeys. Skip down the Alze Yore Kiddush Bachar Adam U Petr Chamor. Yosef has to give it. It's the donkey, because we have to realize that Baruch Hu doesn't just give us the Yeshuos. He's the one that knows that we need the Tsara in the first place in order to then bring the salvation. And that's why, just finishing up, and that's why in Hari Kedem, he quotes from the Rav, Rav Salvechik. That's why we say in Alanisim. What do we thank Akadosh Baruch Hu for? Alanisim, Yala Purkan, Viala Gavros, Viala Tashuros, Viala Milchamos. I could have done without the war. Just, the, just give me the Yeshua. I mean the Milchamos. Yeah. Alanisim for the Yeshuas also. And for the Milchamos. Because we realize the Milchamos also. The Milchamos also is part of our, is part of our uh, need. Right? Odecha Kianisani. What a lead-in to tonight, Rosh Chodesh. Tomorrow morning, we're going to say Odcha, but we're not going to just say Odcha, we say Odcha Kiani Sani, we thank Hashem and we recognize, He didn't just take us out of Egypt, He put us into Egypt. And we recognize that though it was hard, though it was terrible, and painful, and tragic, that's what Yisrael had to do. And as Rabbi Lambs writes, you can never ask the why question. You can only ask the what question. What can we learn? We can learn that HaKadosh Baruch was in charge of everything. That's Petr Chamor, and that is Pidyon Habet. We'll stop here, and then we will uh, continue.